Matt, Matt, we're, we're back. We're back. Thank God. And welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your number one podcast for music, movies, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. Uh, and we're excited, excited to be back here, uh, getting a chance to, uh, to be with you guys here today. Uh, it's been about two weeks since we've had a chance to record, so apologies for that. It's, uh, sort of, uh, my fault. Uh, had, uh, some things I had to do for work, had to go and travel, and... You had to get engaged. Man, your boy had to go and get engaged. What wow. an idiot! I, dude, <laughs> uh... It's either the smartest or the dumbest thing that I've ever done in my oh, life. Oh, I, we'll I can't wait for your fiance to listen to this episode. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure she's gonna love it. Um, no, I'm really excited. Uh, I bequeathed my quote. Is that is that is that how you say it? What? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, uh, the fuck are you trying to say? Uh, no, yeah. So uh, myself and a friend of the show, Monster Bunny, uh, are now uh, going to be man and wife uh, eventually. At some point, but uh, <laughs> you know, I have uh, about. If she doesn't kill you first. Well, if she doesn't kill me first, and I have about twenty-one thousand different spreadsheets that I have to uh, go through <laughs> as well, everything for getting a venue and uh, yeah, and all the fun and joy of uh, putting a wedding together. <laughs> Uh, oh man, it's you're gonna uh, have a real fun time. No, with that. it's gonna be it's gonna be great, uh, great experience. But glad to be back here with you guys today. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons why we also took a couple weeks off is that, um, you know, we were hot. We were hot on Game of Thrones. We were really excited. The second episode of the season was one of the best of the entire show. And then episode three happened. And then episode four, episode five, and episode six. Yeah, I mean. And it was just like, uh, it just went, it went downhill fast. We needed some time to let the rage, uh. The rage cool off on that one, that was for sure. Right, absolutely. Because we're not fanboys. We're not fanboys. No. Right? <laughs> I mean, hey, at least we didn't sign that fucking petition going no, around to remake season it. eight. Like, <laughs> uh, It's like, hey, man, if you want to remake it, there's this thing called YouTube. Just do your best to remake it. And if it's so easy, you do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, man. But, you know, I'm sure their petition is going to go far. <laughs> Yeah. So, so speaking of petitions, I mean, the fans outraged, petitioning to change Game of Thrones, and now fans also petitioning to remove D and D, Dan and Dave, from Star Wars. And now, see, this is a bad spot for them to be in, and here's why. You know, Game of Thrones fans, as angry as they all were on the internet over the last six, seven weeks while the series was playing out. Yep. You know, they're, the Game of Thrones fans have only been around, really, for about 10 years. Star Wars fans have had 40-plus years to just simmer in their own nerd rage and just, you know... Di- so, here's and my arguably point. because of really one great movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... You know, it's one thing to be on the receiving end of Game of Thrones fans' nerd rage. It's even a completely other thing to be on the receiving end of, like, you know, Marvel and DC fanboy nerd rage. That's, like, an acceptable level of, of nerd rage. Yeah. Star Wars nerd rage is, is like, mean, it's like the Ebola of nerd rages. Like, there's no cure for it. <laughs> there's no escaping it. It's highly contagious. Yeah, highly contagious. You just get sucked into the arguments yeah, all man. the time. You get sucked into the crazy, uh, over-the-top opinions. So it's like one of those things where there's obviously no chance HBO is going to remake Season 8 of Game of Thrones. No. But, you know, the internet rage community... I don't think I don't think Disney is gonna budge at all. But you know, let's not discount the fact that the internet rage forced the people that made the Sonic movie to go back and reshoot the entire CGI Sonic yeah, because they didn't well, like the way he looked. Yeah, well, because they knew they were gonna lose out on millions of dollars. Exactly, well, they were gonna have a, a crap opening weekend. So, do D and D survive the nerd rage? Do they still a- make the new Star Wars trilogy? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I think agree. I think it all comes down to the trailer. Yeah, right. It comes down to what do people hear is the story, and then what's the trailer? Because like it's Star Wars, like. 
everyone's going to go and see it. Well, depending on depending on how Last Jet or um, rather uh, Rise of Skywalker goes. Right. With Rise of Skywalker, right, it has a real opportunity to either remake or break the series, right? Yeah. Because I mean, essentially, uh, what you have is is you're picking up where a lot of people were really upset. You're 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 I mean, the pressure's high, right? Um, and so, you know, they don't want it to be an over-the-top movie like uh, Star Trek was, right? But they want it to be good, and then you have to fix everything that Rian Johnson did. So, you know, it all depends on how this movie goes. And from the trailer, the trailer has got me hyped. Yeah, I think right? the tra- I still think the trailer looks great, despite the fact that I, I will literally burn down the movie theater if Ray turns out to be... In any way related to Luke Skywalker, anybody, just anybody, Leia, any main anybody. character. Like I any was main so character. happy. That yeah. was one of the things I really liked about Last Jedi was that when they said that Ray was just her parents were nobody. I thought it was a great swerve. I thought it was you know kind absolutely. of you know it was still the same like throwback to the original series where relationships were a big thing. But then it's like no, okay, we're gonna move on. Yeah, because it's more about the relationship between Kylo and Ray. Like, right. you know, the original Star Wars did the relationship between Luke and Vader, and it was father right. and son. I personally think the relationship between Kylo and Rey is a lot more compelling, especially given the fact that there's no blood relation there. Yeah. So what I'm hoping is um, I hope Rey turns to the dark side, and yep. I hope her and Kylo Ren uh, finally together, as has been suggested through Star Wars, uh, as well as Game of Thrones, hey, why don't we team up? And then we'll just rule together, right? Like, it's going to be me and you, bro. Like, we're going to rule this shit together, me and you, dude. I, like, I got you. And then, and then Kylo and, Ren stabs no. her like John yeah, did and, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then nothing. Like, Luke didn't take the offer, right? Uh, Obi-Wan didn't take the offer, right? right. You know? It's going to be... Or, or I guess uh, Padme. Yeah, Padme. Padme didn't take the offer, rather. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm still 50-50 on whether this movie is going to be good or not, and I'm curious to see if that has any bearing on what the D&D trilogy turns into because there's been a lot of talk about how uh, there's going to be a, 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 another sort of prequel series that's going to be based on Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. But then everybody was kind of saying that D&D's trilogy was not going to be that. It was going to take place after this current trilogy. So I'm very curious to see what kind of story they write. I personally would like D&D to go and continue the story from this trilogy because, again, the more we get away from the Skywalkers, the more we get towards just Jedi being Jedi and not needing to be a goddamn fucking Skywalker, right. the happier that's going to make me. Yeah. But at the same time, Knights of the Old Republic was fucking dope, and I would really yep. love for them to make a movie or a movie series out of that. They totally yeah. could. Yeah, and I know they're coming out with a sequel to it, and they're coming out with, like, six yeah. different Star Wars games. Yeah, and, there's going to be like, a whole bunch of stuff coming out. So, and... I mean, there's there's a lot of potential that's there, yeah. and I think that the thing I like most about D&D taking over the Star Wars series is the fact that it's going to be a new story, right? Like, okay, all of the original characters are dead, yep. right? We're moving on. We're going to move into an original story, which I really like. I, I hope that... You know, we kind of put a really good ending. There's a period to the sentence of what Star Wars has been, and then D&D can come in and take it and build it into something new, which what Star Wars can be. Exactly. Right? Yeah, no, I and totally I, agree. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, the, the good thing about it is that the most they're probably going to sign on for is three movies, right. so there's no danger of D&D getting burned out and saying, ah, oh, we're going to rush the ending because, fuck, we want to move on to our next project, <laughs> just like they did with Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's 100%. Yeah, that was, man, like, I, I got to say about the finale, you know, episodes four and five in particular, three, I'm willing to look past the flaws that three had because it was still an overall good episode, four and five were simply unforgivable episodes. They were so bad for so many reasons. But I gotta say, the shit corner they wrote themselves into leading up to the fi- the finale episode, I kind of liked the final episode. It just it was good for for how they got there was terrible, but how they finished it was was okay in my book. So in my opinion, the best thing about the last episode was like the last fifteen minutes. Totally. Right? And you you when you see you know I hated when Tyrion made. 
brand, the king. I hated how they did that. There's so many different ways that they could have made it more interesting. They invented democracy. Jon Snow, <laughs> Jon Snow doing a trial by combat against Grey Worm in order to get his freedom, right? Yeah. And then he goes to the north anyway, yeah. right? He chooses to go to the north. That would have been so much better. Yeah. No, no, they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't yeah. let him go. Like, nothing you did matters. Like, this the whole thing, like, they didn't even dwell on the fact that, like, hey, maybe the reason that Bran did this whole thing was because he knew it was going to happen the whole time, yep. and he's fucking the bad guy. Yeah. He's the bad guy, right? And maybe they could build that. Nope, didn't do that. Didn't do and that. it's just so frustrating, too, because, like, you know, the fact that they... The fact that Tyrion wasn't immediately killed when he basically betrayed Danny, and the fact that Jon was also not immediately killed after killing Danny, it again, it, it goes back to the whole issue of the seri of the season, which was the fact that it was rushed. Because when everybody shows up at King's Landing for that little, uh, you know, electoral college vote at the end of the the episode, you it, they make it clear that several weeks have passed. And Danny's not there. Cersei is dead. So right. what? Have the Unsullied just been sort of occupying King's Landing? And like that for me is that that's what I took from it. But it's also sort of plays into this thing where it's like the Unsullied really are completely you know leaderless. They don't know what to do without without a leader. So they're just occupying King's Landing. That's a cool story element that would have been great to play out over a few episodes. Like yeah. how do they deal with that? How does Grey Worm deal with being yeah. kind of like a leader? And and no, it's just I, I think uh. it was I think it was too rushed. I think that they should have left their part of the story open um, you yeah. know, and just let somebody else kind of continue it, right, in order to get to that ending. Um, and they could have they could have easily in the final season, like, just finished off the Night King. And yeah. That last season, just focus on the Night King, and then you give it over to somebody and talk about yeah, the you whole know, season Danny conquering, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it was the just... The fact that Jon Snow kills Danny after she's like... Telling her, telling him that she loves him, and she's like, you know how it's gonna, you're gonna know that everything is gonna be done right, is because you're gonna be by my side. It's like you idiot, like you don't have to kill her. Like what are you doing? Like this is, it's so dumb. Oh god, it was so I... bad. It was so bad. I'm so mad at that scene. It was so bad. And then when when Drogon comes in and, and doesn't like... kill John immediately, well, because he's a Targaryen. No, bro. yeah, but in the books. <laughs> Dragons attack Targaryens. It's not like they're all fucking immune to fire. They're not all immune to fire. Danny is special in but, magic. But bro, we're we're past the books now, bro. <laughs> so I so I loved how Drogon was nudging Danny's body oh like God. a dog with oh their toy, God. just like to just build the sympathy. And it was such cheesy sympathy. Oh, yeah. It seemed like so something cheese. out of the expendables. Right? Like, it's like, hey, you know what we're doing, you know where it's coming. It's and just, then I love. Seem like one of that. Oh, you should have heard, guys. You should have heard Anthony freak out when oh, Drogon picked rage. up picked up Danny. He's like, what, "What angle is that claw coming from? What is he even using? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's physically impossible." Yeah, the nerd rage. The nerd rage was all there. <laughs> or the closing of the book before the ink oh, was dried. Oh, before the ink was dried. Come on, she closed the book before the ink was dried. That was amazing. Yeah. Now, but uh, so seeing what D and D did this year with with uh game of thrones right now they had a big build-up there's incredible amount of hype that's going into this right so seeing what they did with this does that make you worried that they'll phone it in for the third the third episode i guess of the star wars series the the third in the trilogy no like i said they're going to put them on the disney schedule where everything's going to be supercharged it'll take place over the span of six years which is a little bit more than half of what Game actually, it's almost yeah, a little more than half of what Game of Thrones did. Right. So no, I don't think they're gonna be. Uh, I I don't think they're gonna get burned out. Disney's gonna put them on their their famous super schedule. We're gonna get a movie every two years, and I think doing movies as opposed to doing whole seasons of series, generally speaking, that should give them time in between movies to do their own little side projects and yeah. keep their creative yeah. juices flowing. So as far as I'm concerned. They should have nothing to bitch about, uh, and also probably they're gonna make the tens of millions of dollars from Disney, so yeah, they shouldn't be. They think, shouldn't vote anything in. Do you think that they're gonna be micromanaged by Disney? Like one of the things that I, it seems that they haven't done to a lot of their directors 
with the Marvel movies is micromanaging them. They really give the directors the freedom to do what they want with the characters and and, and what they want based on a, a you know a set storyline. Essentially, they you know yep. say as long as you stick to this storyline right. and have these elements, then it's fine. Do you think that they'll micromanage Dan and Dave as much as they have or or you have know, other people? I'm gonna say no, only because yeah. Yeah. you know seeing how the Last Jedi played out. That gives me a little bit of pause because Ryan Johnson obviously had freedom to do whatever the fuck he wanted with that movie. Um, I don't think that that was poorly received enough that that uh, I almost said DC for some, yeah. usually usually speaking about yeah. DC in this context yeah, exactly. but no, that um, yeah. that Disney would like really focus in on them. I think they're going to give them the same kind of creative freedom that they give all their directors. Um, and we'll get to see something really unique and special, I hope. Yeah, I hope so, too. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, um, you know, they really will, especially because, you know, look, despite, you know, what the story was, how many people tuned into that last episode? Yeah, exactly. Right? How, many, how many times was it downloaded? How many times was it watched, right? Like, yeah. Now take that and now make it into a movie and people are actually paying, you know, fifteen, twenty dollars a ticket yeah. to go see it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that they'll they'll have plenty of freedom and yep. you know, despite the way Game of Thrones ended, doesn't take away from the fact that we had seven near perfect seasons of television yeah, I mean, leading was, up to it. It was really great. I mean, yeah. when it separated from the books, it started to go downhill, but it was still really great. And yeah. it's just that it's just that they had a place to go at the end and they just had to rush it. And it was just they, they needed to be able to have two more seasons, full ten episode seasons. Yeah, exactly. In order to really do it justice. But what are you gonna do? You sign know, a, we sign got, a petition, obviously. I guess, <laughs> I guess I guess you sign a petition. I guess you sign a petition. All right, well, so speaking of signing petitions and uh, really hating uh, certain things, I mean, this is something that we talked about. We tried to stay away from it uh, for at least a couple weeks, but here we are back again with Batman. (laughs) So, you know, one of our favorite things to talk about is this Batman movie and the ups and downs and swings that it's gone from changing in directors to changing in stars to... Uh, changing the entire concept of the movie, yeah, the whole doing the line. soft reboot. Oh, the soft reboot for <laughs> DC is a real thing. Oh, God. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so here we are. So they've actually named two different people or just – no, sorry. One person has been named by most organizations, but uh, we actually have somebody else who was named by another. So yeah. uh, I'm sure that you guys out there have heard Robert Pattinson was announced to play – uh, Batman in the new Batman Vampire. Oh, it's, it's gonna be so sparkly. So, yeah. So I, I think now this, in my opinion, just solidifies uh, my prediction that I have had over the last couple months. Oh Jesus Christ! Go Don't say time. it. Don't you say can it. Listen to Ready Set Review oh, and I'm all out. the different episodes I have talked about I'm leaving. it. Leaving. DC Comics, apparently. Uh, I bet you they're listening. I hope they're listening. <laughs> I bet if you they, they were are. Smart, they I were bet listening. you they are. Uh, Robert Pattinson would make a good Terry McGinnis. <sighs> Terry McGinnis, for those of you who are not familiar, was a character uh, in a Batman series called Batman Beyond. And <laughs> thank you for chewing into the microphone. <laughs> Uh, and so in Batman Beyond, uh, Bruce Wayne is old. So this takes place in the future. Bruce Wayne is in his late 70s, early 80s, and he becomes the guy behind the computer. And so he's just, you know, and he creates a new Batman, which is Terry McGinnis. So if you take Robert Pattinson and you make him the young Batman, Terry McGinnis, and you take an old Bruce Wayne played by Michael Keaton. And it's a billion dollars. It's a billion dollars. You can do it, even with Robert Pattinson. I'm not the biggest fan of Robert Pattinson being announced to play Batman, but if he was to play Terry McGinnis, it would be awesome. Okay. Where where am I going to start with this? First things first. The script is completed. And it takes place is in it? the 90s. Does it? Fuck you. <laughs> I hate you so much. You know, knowing DC could be you could be right. But one woman has been pushed back for two years. Yeah. Two. Not just one. Yeah, two. Two years it was pushed back. The filming for Wonder Woman was done. Okay? Two years ago. <laughs> okay, that's that's a fair point. Fair point. The other point I'm gonna make is that 
Warner Brothers and DC are dumb. They're just simply not smart enough to make this movie, to like listen to what fans actually want yep. and make this movie. Because I agree. I think it would be a great movie, especially if you got Michael Keaton to play Batman. It'd be fucking fantastic. I just don't see DC, even with the, the moves they've made, I don't think they're that smart. Right, and that just shows how stupid they are. Because yeah. Because they could easily do it. They could easily write it into their storyline. And I think that Marvel is getting ahead of DC because of one of the DC Universe's strongest, best storylines is their Crisis on Infinite Earths. When you get to see different versions of your favorite characters. Yeah. Right? So when they're older, when they're younger, di different timeline characters. Right? Marvel is already doing that with their multiverse, like, right now, yeah. especially from uh, Endgame. Well, I mean, you know what, too? Like, not only is, is Marvel getting ahead of DC on that front, DC's own goddamn TV shows have been ahead of them on that front for at least four years now. The the Arrowverse, your Flash and Supergirl and, and Arrow. Even the DC those, animated movies. Yeah, they've been, been doing straight. multiverse stories yeah. for years now, yep. and they're all fucking good. Yeah. All of them. They're all good, and why haven't they brought it into the movies? Because they couldn't – they didn't have a storyline. They didn't have a basis. I think that's what they were trying to create before they could create it, and they just – fell on their face yeah so. well because Zack Snyder doesn't know how to tell a story yeah well he only knows how to direct slow motion action sequences that look so cool I'm not really that sold on Robert Pattinson being Bruce Wayne no I'm being a I'm, young Bruce Wayne like I just don't yeah I don't see it like he's here's not, here's my thing two things I'll say about that he's not alpha enough like right. when the Bruce Wayne character is supposed to be exactly the way that a billionaire would be right where he's very alpha and just Robert Pattinson's not alpha enough for me. I totally agree but I think that there's two things we have to keep in mind here one is that Robert Pattinson despite the movies he's made with Twilight has actually been in a lot of good stuff Agreed. since then it's been like you know like low key indie stuff and and not all the movies have been great but he's always been good in them more importantly i think there's some sort of like weird omen or karma or whatever you want to call it surrounding this because i will draw everyone's attention to 2015-ish, okay. Okay. when uh, it was announced that Ben Affleck was going to be cast as Batman. Yep. And the internet had a fucking stroke. Right. Same thing that they did when Heath Ledger was announced to play the Joker. Right. And even and Christian Bale. And even Christian Bale. And even going all the way back Although to Christian Michael... Bale, Christian Bale, I think, especially because it was after he did Equilibrium. Yeah, he wasn't as hated. No. Yeah. And, and when he was in Equilibrium, you're like, oh my god, this is Batman. Yeah, he wasn't as hated as yeah. the Heath Ledger casting. But even going all the way back to before the internet... When when nerds were, they only had to, to express their rage through handwritten letters that they would send through the mail, people freaked when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. And look how that turned yeah, out. Mr. Mom? Yeah. So, so here's what I'm going to say. If history is any indicator, I'm hoping that history repeats itself and everybody gets their rage out of the way yep. now. Yep. And Robert Pattinson ends up being a really good Batman. I, I, that's what I want. I want him to be good. I think he has or the acting chops for it. be George Clooney. <laughs> Remember he was Batman? I tried, he was Batman. I tried not to. I really tried yeah, not so to. So does everybody else. I remember, I, there was actually an interview that came – not an interview, like an article on the – I think it was on The Hollywood Reporter um, where Ben Affleck was talking about how George Clooney told them like, yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't do don't, it, bro. Don't you, don't you do it. Don't do it. You're not going to – he's like, ah, it's fine. Walk I'm Ben away Affleck. Now. Walk away yeah. now. I'm Ben Affleck. I got it. I got it covered. Applesauce, bitches. <laughs> like, man. Whew. And in the first movie, he was like, yeah, he was great. Batman versus Superman, he was yeah. great. He was, he Dog was the best part movie. of that movie. His Bruce Wayne was as good as his Batman, which was the best Batman, in my opinion, that's been put to screen. Um, and I, I think it was just amazing. I, yeah. You know, I think he was really great. I loved his scenes in Suicide Squad as well. I thought they were awesome. And then he just obviously knew that by the time Infinity War happened that it was so far down the toilet that he just phoned it in. And you mean like, Justice forget. League? That's what I said. You Infinity said Infinity War. War. Justice League. Sorry. Justice League. Going real multiverse. Sorry. <laughs> Justice League. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I mean, like I said, I'm hoping that that's the case, that Robert Pattinson does a good job. But what has me more concerned – then the fact that Robert Pattinson will most likely play Batman, even though Deadline Hollywood said Nicholas Holt was still in contention, but like, you know, right. whatever, um, is that it's also being, uh, I'm going to say rumored, that the villains for the movie are Catwoman and Penguin. Which makes me believe even more that it's going to be Michael Keaton. Like, I mean, 
but then, bring back Michelle Pfeiffer as right. Catwoman, right? How dope would that be, right? And then you can bring back uh, the Penguin character, but, I mean, could you bring back could Danny DeVito would dude a billion dollars so much money so much money see you know what now that you say that though now I'm actually starting to see a clearer picture of an old Bruce Wayne Batman Michael Keaton an old Danny DeVito an old Michelle Pfeiffer boom as boom now you have your nostalgic big stars right that are in this movie it's taking place in the future right so all you've heard is that Catwoman and Penguin are in it Right? Maybe Penguin has become this evil, like, or because, well, he died, though. I or mean, you think he you, died. Yeah, you show his butt. So it's yeah. a comic book. It's yeah, a comic, it's a comic book. book. He didn't really die. He was just really oh. kind of floating. Yeah, and you'll see the, he has yeah. scars on yeah, him or whatever. Exactly. You bring back Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A billion dollars. Dude, it would sell out. It would sell out. I swear to God. If That's you're, such a good idea. If you're, if this movie actually ends up being <laughs> Batman Beyond, and you've been correct about this, I'm going to literally murder you. Oh I man! I swear. <laughs> I am going to dance up and down, man. I will. Oh, I, hate I will you never so stop much. gloating. It'll I be hate like you. it'll be like the night that Chris Jericho beat uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same <laughs> night. You just never stop talking about it ever for the next 20 years, right? And that's that's Chris Jericho's fucking best. Well, no. So, oh, and let me let me say that for uh, for our AEW review because we definitely will talk about that, sports entertainment fans. Uh, but uh, Chris Jericho, one of the greatest of all time. But anyway, yeah. but uh, so with this casting of Batman, it, you can do it in this way. You bring back Danny DeVito, bring back Michelle Pfeiffer, have Michael Keaton there, right? It's an, a, a direct sequel to the Batman Returns movie. You do it in that universe, right? In that Batman Returns universe, right? right? And then, and and then you just create Terry McGinnis. And, yeah, a new, and, and, and any one of the many different villains that was in Batman Beyond. God damn it. It's like a, I hate you. It's such a good idea. I know, I, I know <laughs> it is. I fucking hate you. Oh, God, I hate you so much. Oh, the Penguin is like this old, decrepit, like, mastermind villain. Like, he's the yeah, hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's the hand behind the curtain. You exactly. can even, like, leave it for the end, right? Yeah. Where you just fight, like, this gang, and you don't know who's in charge of the gang. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's fucking, fucking Dave DeVito comes out. Bro, the biggest pop, the biggest <laughs> pop. You would get like the whole crowd would mark out. Everyone would go nuts about it. Oh, billion dollars, writes itself. I dude. don't want you to be right about uh, this. You'd be it, so angry. And if I'm not right, well, DC, it's there. It's in front of your face. <laughs> it's literally two feet in front of your it's face. It's been there the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh well. All right. So with Batman, uh, an interesting trailer came out recently. Uh, for the new Batman animated movie, Hush. Oh, man. Now, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Batman Hush was a storyline that they did, I want to say in 2003? No, it was actually earlier than that. It was like was 2001, it? yeah. Was it 2001? Yeah. And the only okay. reason I know that is because I, I literally just reread it um, like a month ago. <laughs> okay, okay. It's so good. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's one, one of my one favorites. Of the, one of the best Batman storylines ever written. Um, a great, great story. Lots of twists and turns. Lots of cameos from other characters. Almost his entire rogues gallery he fights uh in this story um yeah yeah and some some really cool surprises at the end yeah it's Which, an absolutely fantastic storyline yeah. and uh the comic book was drawn by jim lee I was gonna say, who yeah. is now the what i guess executive vice president what is he like i forget what his official editor yeah of, of dc comics now well yeah i forget what his official title is um I, I'm not gonna know his official title, but he's like he's like the new like Pull Jeff Johns. Yeah, he's like the new Jeff Johns of uh, of DC right now. He kind of has sort of overarching creative control of the universe in the same way like that Bendis was, you know, for a while with uh, um, with uh, with Marvel. Like yep. I don't think he's the official sort of editor in chief type of guy, but the sort of let's call him chief creative officer. That is 100% his title. Chief, chief creative, creative officer. officer. Whoa! Oh, yeah! 100% and co-publisher. Fucking A! So I am a genius. Yeah, chief creative officer and co-publisher, Jim Lee. So Jim Lee actually was the artist for Batman Hush. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was... And I think it was written by Jeff Loeb, wasn't it? I think it was a Jeff Loeb yeah. story, yes. I think it was written by Jeff Loeb. Yeah. And 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 it was just... I mean, it's amazing. And, it, and so they're making an animated movie out of it. 
and the trailer dropped for it. And if you're a fan of Batman at all, or um, you've ever liked any of the animated features, go and check this out. Um, little disappointed that it's not Kevin Con- uh, Kevin Conroy uh, voicing Batman. Yeah. But- it it's the same voice actor who has done all the other Batman yeah, movies. Yeah, it seems in like this, it takes like, place in the current universe. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it takes place in this current universe. They're calling it the DC universe. You know, um, I I that is one of my favorite parts about it because I think the last few movies they've done, um, Justice League War and Death of Superman, Reign of the Superman have been fantastic and i wanted to see them continue with this universe because it's been really fucking good yeah yeah i mean reign of the superman left something to be desired but death of superman was just absolutely incredible yeah absolutely fantastic really just a great movie reign of the superman was a good movie um i just i don't think it was as good as no it had a lot to live up to and doing and doing hush is fantastic because you know if you you know talking about the comic book again in the one of the cool or one of the coolest plot points or twist that happened in hush was when towards the end of the story when batman finally tracks down hush and has a a confrontation with him he takes off his like mummy tape mask and it's and it's fucking jason todd yeah and then it turns out you know that he fights him for a little bit and then it turns out to be a clay face thing and then hush ends up being completely different person and then fast forward to in the comic books but i guess two three years later maybe yeah you find out you know red hood comes out and then you go back and they sort of retcon it a little bit and find that it actually was jason todd Todd, and that's really exciting because aside from the fact that it was amazing in the comic books doing that if they if they adapt that part of it to the movie then it opens us up for a red hood movie in the future in this movie universe right and they've they've done the red hood right but in a different movie they did under the red hood and it was awesome i mean it's it's one of the best batman movies uh, ever made I, i i really loved it um but, uh, yeah, I mean, they really could. I hope we do get a, a Jason Todd cameo. Yeah. I hope he does turn into Clayface, too. I hope yeah, yeah. Jason Todd, I hope he does turn into Clayface. Um, you know, yeah. everything with the Joker that's going to be in it. And, this is I mean, one of they, those... There's a lot to pack into, you know, let's say a two-hour movie. Right. Um, because, I mean, I think it was 12 issues. Yeah. Uh, if not more than that. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot to pack in. Uh, but I, I think that they can do a good job, and uh, yeah, and there's I think there's enough cameos from other heroes and other villains um, that you, it's going to draw in. Okay, I'm not just a fan of Batman; I'm a fan of you know Poison Ivy or the Joker or anything Superman's else. In it. Superman, yeah, right? right, totally. No, I, I totally agree, and I think that Hush is also one of those stories that it, it does actually adapt really well to other mediums, right? Because there's not a whole lot of overly fantastic elements happening you know i would yeah. say the superman cameo is probably the most sort of comic booky thing that happens everything else is very much you know batman true grit yeah. uh, true crime grittiness. so that's really what i'm hoping is because the the comic was very psychological right yeah. which you can be when you have you know words on paper and you can go a lot more in depth than when you're just doing it animated Right. And it takes, you know, and you have more time, you know, yep. like we were talking about, like I said, it has 12 issues. Right. So like there's so much that they could do psychologically. I just I hope they keep an element of how psychological it is and don't just make it in a, another action cartoon. Right. And you actually make it very, very psychological. If they do that, it'll be a great, great movie. Yeah, but I totally the trailer agree. looks awesome. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm with you on that one. I'm very excited about it. I can't. I'm, like I said, I'm just really excited that it's taking place in the same universe. I hope they keep on making these movies in this DC animated universe because of all the animated stuff they've done thus far, this has been by far the best because it's yeah. all it's all interconnected. Yeah, it's all it's, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I agree. Um, but other trailers uh, and uh, other uh, other uh, news. Uh, so getting weak. Just uh, okay, true reviewers. Fuck. Here's a heartbreaker for you. <laughs> Uh, not sure if you guys out there have seen it yet. If you haven't, uh, I don't. I, I you just don't even waste your time. So, Terminator, Dark Fate, the trailer came out. Oh boy, is it a stinker! Is it a stinker? It is. It is not good. It is so bad. It's it. It really looks like just hot garbage. It like, looks like a movie I definitely don't want to see. <laughs> it's so bad on so many levels, and it's such a shame because I like when they first announced this movie was being made, and that uh, Lauren. Uh, oh my god, why can't I think of her name? Linda, not Lauren. Linda Hamilton uh, was returning as Sarah Connor. 
I I marked out hard. Yeah. Because she was – not only did I meet her that one time and drank with her all night and it was fucking awesome. Okay. But um, she was very obviously – Yeah, that's right. (laughs) She was very obviously the best part of the first two Terminator movies. Sorry, Arnold. You you were great. But Sarah Connor was the star of those movies. Oh, yeah. 100,000%. Especially the second one. Yeah, man. And And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually her personal trainer for that movie, which I think is just so dope. Yeah. Like that would be like – Doing a movie and having The Rock be your personal trainer for the movie. Exactly. Right? Like, and that's just insane. And having her having her come back in that role got me got me really, really excited because it's like the the fucking the greatest character in the series is back. And she's older. It, it takes place, you know, in like not like the future, like our future. Right. They could do really cool things with it. Yep. And then so I, I don't even know where to begin with this trailer. There is another Lady Terminator. Um, it looks so bad. The, the CG looks so the bad. CG looks they so did, bad. They did the Alita thing where I liked it in Alita, but I'm, I hate it in, yeah. in Terminator. I don't know why. It, I don't, well, I don't know why. It doesn't look as good. It doesn't it, look it, as good. A, it doesn't look yeah. anywhere near as good. And here's the thing. For, for, all, for all the people making Terminator movies out there, let me just explain something to you real quick. We're over the T-1000. Oh, We're over the man. liquid metal nonsense, okay? Yeah. It was fucking badass in Terminator 2 for two reasons. A, because it was a technological marvel at the time. We've yeah. never seen anything yeah, like it. 100%. 100%. But B, um, the the actor whose name I'm forgetting, Robert something. Uh, yeah, Robert, who played the T-1000. Uh, yeah, who played the T-1000. He... Was he was great for the same reason that Arnold was great as the Terminator in the first one? Just like you know, you don't need to speak a lot of lines to to act. Okay, acting is part physical, part vocal. Right? He was so menacing in that role, and Robert it, Patrick. Robert Patrick, thank yeah. you. Like so, so, so a, a lesson, like a word to the wise and the people writing these movies. It was not the fact that he was this advanced robot that made him scary. It was his emotionless shell of a thing relentlessly chasing people that made both him and Arnold Schwarzenegger scary. They didn't do that in Terminator 3. They 100% did not do it in Terminator, uh, uh, the one with Christian Bale that takes place in the future. Genesis. Genesis. No, 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 that was the last one. Salvation. Um, Salvation, thank you. And they definitely didn't do it in Genesis. They're they're changing the scariness, the scariness, but they're changing the the, the fear of this character. They're making it into what he is as opposed to how they act. And that's what makes Terminator scary. Not like how many weapons they can generate with their fucking arms. Right. That that really stood out in the trailer for me, and I'm like, just stop, stop, stop it, again, doing it. it. It seems it seems like it Expendables. It's be it seems yeah. just like it's like oh, you're just gonna go see a Terminator movie for the sake of seeing it. And again, like the like you were saying, like the psychology of the character that Robert Patrick played. I mean, that's what made it scary was when he was in that cop form yeah. and he goes into the insane asylum and he murders that dude where he comes up from the floor. Right. And he turns into the guy and then puts his finger through his eye. Or how about when he's in their house and he's on the phone and he puts his hand through the guy's head with the bottle of milk. Like, that was so awesome. And nothing like that had ever been done before. Yeah. And it was just such a cool character to see. And it was just so, like psychologically terrifying and all of the other Terminator movies have not been that now I don't know if any of you out there who are listening to us uh, have seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles it was a show bro that show that was great was on TV and it had Summer Glau and it faced the Summer Glau curse yep. that was awesome that yep. is one of the best Terminator storylines uh, that ever. I have ever seen. And it was great. It was it was so well done, and it got affected. It was murdered by the writer strike. Yep. The writer the writer strike happened. They they couldn't put a storyline that was good enough together, and the, the show just ended. Cersei played it fucking just, Sarah Connor. She sure did. Yeah. yeah. She sure did, and it was awesome. Yeah, that's so. That that's yeah. That's one of the things that's heartbreaking about seeing this come up because it's like. I, I don't understand. Like the Sarah Chronicles fit really well into yeah. the timeline they had established. Sarah Connor. I, what did I say? Sarah Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Connor Chronicles. I have no idea where in the established timeline this movie is supposed to take place. Because yeah. here's the thing: in the last movie, which was just like even worse than Terminator, it's, 3. it started out so well. I actually really liked Genesis until like. 
like they gave away the twist in the trailer. Like you knew that that John Connor was going to be a bad guy the whole time. So it just you just didn't get into his character. So nothing that he did mattered. And it was just like, why did you give this away in the trailer? It's such a big twist in the movie. And like that's really and then it, that's when it went downhill. And, and I'm sorry, um, Amelia Clark, I love you as yeah, Daenerys Targaryen, but you were terrible in that movie. Yeah, here's the thing that like got me annoyed about Genesis. I'm actually pulling up my Rotten Tomatoes Fantasy League because our commissioner Parker had to had to remind me of what the plot for Genesis was because oh. we were talking about the trailer yeah, the other and day. Too much time travel. Oh, back wait, here, and forth. here I'm, I'm going to read you his reply, and it's great. So John agrees to send Kyle, his dad, back in time to save Sarah. Before Kyle goes back, he sees the Terminator capture John. When he goes back in time, he arrives before John is even born. Kyle runs into his own younger self. So Kyle, the kid who grows up battling alongside John, goes back in time and becomes John's dad, which we knew. So here's the hard part to explain. John isn't the savior. His dad is because his dad, Kyle, had two timelines. One where he grows up where it was a kid who grows up alongside the adult John Connor, and two where he grows up a kid who has interacted with his own adult self. So Kyle, Kyle goes back and realizes that John is a Terminator. Kyle then decides to teach a younger version of himself to repeatedly say, Genesis is Skynet. So Kyle gives birth to the Savior, only so the Savior could train a younger version of himself to go back and teach another younger version of himself, <laughs> also Kyle, to tell people that Genesis is Skynet. Uh, and I've gone cross-eyed. Like, <laughs> just, because yeah. like, like I said, I, I, I only watch... time travel, man. That's why you got to stay away, away from it. And that's, yeah, I hope like, from now on Marvel does as well. Like, uh, you did the time travel thing. Don't go back to it. They're time alternate travel. realities, man. Yeah, it was not time travel. They were well, alternate realities, so that, bro. Is that what this is, maybe? Maybe all of these different Terminators are just well, alternate realities. Like, and who knows? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. The special effects look terrible. Yeah. And I think that it's it's like taking all of the worst things about Terminator 3 and taking all of the worst things about Genesis, smashing them all into one movie, adding in a little sprinkle of Linda Hamilton, and you're like... We have a sequel. Yeah, and it's terrible. Literally. Terrible. Because it's like, you know, the lady Terminator that's in there, they don't give you anything about her history in the in the trailer aside from the fact that she's some other type of Terminator. So what? We sent another Terminator back in time to protect John after Arnold died in Terminator 2. And isn't and that like, giving away too much of the plot already? Like, shouldn't we yeah. just see this her and don't know yeah. if she's going to be a good guy Why do we want to know guy? that she's a Terminator right yeah. away? Like, she couldn't just be a person and then we find out she's a Terminator. And then, of course, there's that scene with, like, the, oh, God, like, Arnold, I love you, but come on. There's that scene in the trailer where they knock on come this, on. like, farmhouse door I know, and, and Terminator old. Arnold, like, old, old man and Terminator walks out like, God fucking damn it. So what maybe, is happening? Maybe this is going to be the story where it's uh, actually based on like the guy who was, the Terminator was modeled after. Oh, right? that's like, so stupid. That's even dumber. Right? That's so stupid. Which I heard that circulating before oh, Genesis. Oh, like, That's so oh, dumb. Like, that was going to be the story, but it's like about the guy that the Terminator Oh, like, like he's like the Django yeah. vet, you know? Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah God. exactly. Exactly. That's so bad. Oh, well. Yeah, well, it yeah. looks it looks, it looks awful. It looks bad. I there want it to be some, good. There are some remakes you can do, and some sequels you can do, and others you just dude. I really want it to be good because Terminators one and two, and then of course the Sarah Chronicle, Sarah Connor Chronicles, like we said, yep. are some of my favorite things like ever put to screen. Yeah, I mean, I had so many Terminator uh, action figures. Dude. There was even the cartoon about it, when I was which a, was so weird yeah. in the late eighties, early nineties when they weird, had all yeah. of the R-rated movies. It was like Toxic Avenger, RoboCop. Terminator, Rambo, yep. all these like extremely bloody R-rated movies. Yeah, they turned them into kids' cartoons. Dude, when I <laughs> when I uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch Terminator. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Terminator Two, like at least once a month. Like at least once a month. Yep. Yeah. And it, like the whole thing was supposed to happen in 1997, right? Which made it even cooler. Yeah, and, and then when it, like it got to 1997, you were like so cool. And then it just you know 2019, I think was the other one. Skynet, you know, bro. Skynet. It's real. It's out there. Man. If you don't see what Boston Dynamics is doing with robots right now, um, Terminators are real. They are going to happen. They are going to get sold to our military, and robots are going to fucking take over the world. Oh, tinfoil oh. hat, man. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> just go on Boston Dynamics and just take a look at some of the robot videos that they're doing. Okay. Watch, watch the robot. <laughs> I've do a seen the robot videos. I've seen the robots watch them, do a watch backflip. Them, watch the, the, the animal-like ones, and they kick them, and they just... Don't fall over. You know, when the robots do take over, they're going to be the first ones to, to, to that 
you're going to be the first I, one for one, kill. welcome our new robot overlords. Uh, you know, I, for one, welcome them. Is it, is it, <laughs> we have to choose between between robots and the lizard people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to win, robots or the lizard people? Uh, man. How did we go far so far off track? What happened? <laughs> uh, we're not even drinking bourbon tonight. I know, uh, right? Same thing uh, that always happens. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, in other news about remakes that are happening, uh, there is a comedy remake that's been uh, talked about, and I guess is, is did it get greenlit? I think is it got greenlit, yeah, because they, they cast yeah. uh, they cast uh, what's his name, Josh Josh Gad, yeah, Josh in the lead Gad. role, and it's like, oh God, why? It was uh, we're talking no. about a a it's not a reboot, it's a sequel, but you can consider it a reboot given how much time has passed into the original. <sighs> They're making a goddamn. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie, and Josh Gad is supposed to be playing like the son of Rick Moranis' character from the first one. Yeah, and it's like, like, did did we do we not all remember what happened when the Ed Helms Vacation movie came out? When he played an adult Rusty taking his family on a trip to Wally fucking world? Yeah, did we all not. Did we all suddenly forget how bad that movie was? It just yeah, came out no. two years ago. Yeah, it was yeah. so bad. You want to know why? Because nobody saw it. Because nobody remembered. <laughs> Until you just brought it up, I could have completely forgotten about it. Because <laughs> I just pushed it out of my mind. Uh, oh, God. Why do you have to butcher our childhood? Why do you have, like, like you have every way that you can watch the original Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You don't need to remake this. It's not good enough to have a sequel. They made the Honey, I Blew Up the Kid sequel, yeah. which I watched when was I was terrible. a kid. Yeah, it was not good. But see, here's the thing that's irritating about it. Like, these are not... Like th this is these are not comic book characters, okay? This is not like you know the son of the main character from thirty years ago following in his father's footsteps to try to save the universe or try to destroy the universe or seek revenge or whatever, no. okay? This is the real world supposedly with a now adult version, a now adult person who is Rick Manis's son who knows what a crazy mad scientist his father was and now he's going to try to follow in like the story just doesn't work no, in that way no. like, and like it's, it's a different media yeah and like yeah it's supposed to be a kids movie right so it's going to be a lot of slapstick and a lot of stupid humor Ugh. and i'm sure it'll do well in the box office so you know I, I see i disagree i mean i think i think if, if if vacation is any indication i think this, like you said vacation, this movie is going to be super forgettable to a mature crowd right so vacation was targeted to an audience that it was targeted to the wrong audience Whereas this will be a kids movie, so parents will take their kids to go and see this movie. Like it's gonna make a lot of money. It's you know good nope. good on them. Nope. You know, I just it's, I just it's, it's gonna, gonna be terrible. Flop. It's gonna be terrible. Wait wait let's wait until I this comes out. I'm calling I wish it now. It would flop. This movie is gonna flop. Yeah. I don't nope. No higher than a 55 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's that I agree with. Low I box guarantee, office. Guarantee it's gonna have a low Rotten Tomato score. Man. It'll probably do well in the box office. You're Look at Aladdin. You're, uh, uh, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Why did Aladdin do so well? <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so moving on to other reboots and other trailers. Uh, just today, they dropped the trailer for the new Rambo movie. Okay. I just so. saw First Blood. They did. <laughs> Nothing is over. Nothing yeah. is over. I, you survive I, war. <laughs> you gotta become war. They, oh, they, okay. First of all, let's get the obvious out of the way. It's called. Last Blood. Awesome. Great name, great name. <laughs> Come on. Great title. Great Come title. On. Great title. The, the the trailer looks like Rocky Balboa instead of Rambo. It's Rocky Balboa if he was in Mexico, like maybe a little Chuck Norris mixed in there, oh, like Texas God, Ranger. Yeah. Like why is Rambo in Texas? Like did he ever say he was from Texas? Is anywhere in the story? Maybe, maybe I sure as hell don't remember it. Like he's supposedly going home and he has to face his real past, which is down in Mexico. Like, was he like a federale or like, yeah, <laughs> like, like it doesn't make any, yeah. well, well, and here's another thing too. Was let's, he a part of the cartel? Like, I mean, let's also just talk about the other element of this. You know, if you, if you recall when the last Rambo movie came out, which I believe was just called Rambo, he was in, like, the jungles of Thailand, you know? Yeah. And, like, that's where we left him yeah. last because he wanted to get as far away from civilization as possible. Right. And now he's just chilling at a farm in Texas. Well, I think at the end of that movie he decides to go home, doesn't he? Does he? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think it's at the so end of the movie ago. he does. He, he I think he decides. has a daughter in this movie now, too. Like, yeah, and, like, I, that's weird. Like, when did you Yeah. When but, did you have offspring? Yeah, was but no. Before so, you went to Nam? <laughs> so she would be, like, old by now. 
So to your point, I don't understand why. Like, what's what's it? What of his past is in Mexico? What like is he? You know, did he used to was he Pablo Escobar's bodyguard I, for a little while? Like you why, know, what, why 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 no yeah, sense. like why no sense. is is it Sylvester Stallone? He trying supposedly to, joined the army when he was eighteen years old. Yeah, that he, I remember, yeah. and he went right into the special forces. Yeah, he was drafted. So, numb, so yeah. what? When he was like. 16 he was a fucking federale or in the cartel like no it's how he ended up in the prison at the beginning of rainbow three in afghanistan no that's (laughs) maybe so after rambo 2 he goes to mexico and then that's how he ends up in the prison in from rambo 3 in afghanistan what does does afghanistan have an extradition treaty with mexico that i'm not aware of that's that's what it's gotta be that just makes so much sense god fucking damn it yeah the movie looks um it looks, it looks, it looks really like something I don't want to watch. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna watch it. Like I'm, I'm gonna go see it. Yeah, but I'm probably not gonna like it. No, but like, you know. I don't know if I'd see it in the theater. Definitely a seven dollars SmackDown. Oh yeah, oh, a seven dollars SmackDown. If it's in the seven dollar sure. theater, then okay, maybe I'll go see it. Seven dollars SmackDown, one hundred percent. Probably agree. not gonna go until it's on HBO or anything. Like, Just it get really like. Sylvester Stallone was awesome in Creed two. Creed two was an amazing movie. Yeah, and it wasn't about Sylvester Stallone. Rambo is. Yeah. Right. Right? And like, yeah, you know, he's still in amazing shape for how old he is. Yeah. And like, I certainly wouldn't want to mess with the guy, but uh, believing he's a, like a hardcore murdering action star still. Nah. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, not so much. He can still bench press more than I can, but yeah, it's holy not. Shit, it's man. still not all that convincing that he can take on twenty cartel uh, henchmen. Let's yep. call them. Yep. Okay. So uh, where are we are? Where where are we on time? Ten minutes. Okay. So um, last thing that we wanted to talk about before we go into uh, you know winner of the week this week um, is for you sports entertainment fans uh, on Memorial Day weekend we had the debut of all elite wrestling. Fucking uh, a baby. For the first time, for those of you who are not familiar, All Elite Wrestling is essentially a rival promotion to WWE. And this is the first time in, I want to say, 19 years, or well, uh, really 18 years, that uh, WWE has had a rival promotion that's going to have a TV deal, that's been able to do things on pay-per-view. Now, you could say that TNA, they, they took a shot. At WWE, they tried. They oh, even yeah. they even had one night where they went Monday to Monday against WWE, and they got crushed. Of course, they got absolutely crushed. Hogan was there, and like TNA just was never TNA was never anything. Is nothing now. Impact Wrestling. It's not. Yeah, this is something that's totally different. AEW, it's really great. They had their inaugural show called Double or Nothing that was this past Saturday, and um and yeah, um, it was really good. I mean, it was it was very different, um yet the same. There was a lot of it that was very similar to WWE, and it was very similar to a WWE show. Right. A lot of the talent that you saw was different. Um, we got a chance to see a really incredible uh, match between Cody Rhodes and his brother Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, um, that was amazing. Two sons of a legendary promoter, Dusty Rhodes, um, who passed away a few years ago. Um, but just an absolute legendary promoter and, and star and, and world champion. Um, and we got a chance to see these two brothers wrestle and tell a story in the middle of the ring that was just, I mean, it was just second to none. If you don't think it's a, a match of the year candidate, then, you know, you're, you're absolutely crazy. And we got to see blood in a match yeah, for, for, for the, the first, first time, time in a, in a long, long time. time. Which a lot of the you know old school wrestling fans, if you ever watched it in the '80s or even in the Attitude Era in the late yeah, '90s, there was that. a lot of blood, a lot of blood, a lot of gore. Um, and this was the only match on the entire show that had blood and gore, except for uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, he just busted. Yeah, he just busted his end. nose up. Yeah. But uh, this was the only one that had like you know blood and guts, and it was great. And I, I was really happy for that. We got a chance to see a lot of Japanese stars that were on the show. We got a chance to see a lot of young wrestlers. Um, uh, some luchadors and some Mexican wrestlers that you don't normally get a chance to Dude, see. Dude, that tag team match was incredible. The Young Bucks, yeah. oh man. So the Young Bucks um, are one of the actual owners of AEW. They're, they're senior vice presidents in the company, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. And they are two wrestlers who have been in a tag team and have toured uh, what you would call the independent scene um, with some small, larger promotions like Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um but uh, have never been in a real big promotion and never went to WWE because they never wanted to. And now they are one of the best tag teams, if not the best tag team in the entire world. Oh, yeah. And they put on a hell of a show against 
Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. Uh, and they are the Lucha Brothers, the Lucha Bros. Uh, Lucha Bros are the best tag team out of Mexico. Um, they were actually the, the Mexican tag team champions for a while. They're, they're two absolutely incredible just masters of the ring. They've also wrestled in Japan and all over the world. Uh, but the Lucha Brothers, um, and they've been in actually a lot of the bigger promotions. They were in Impact. They won the Impact Tag Team Championships. Um, they were in ROH, I believe. I know that they won the... Um, uh, the Lucha, well, they, I know they were in Lucha Underground together. They weren't a tag team at that time. Um, but yeah, so the Young Bucks got a chance to face off against the Lucha Bros. And I mean, it's t everything the tag team wrestling yeah. should be, right? It was, in it was incredibly, um, athletic. There, there was a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of great spots, a lot of moves that you'll just, you'll never see. And just, it was just, it was, it was high flying. It was action packed. It was exciting. It told a great story. And, uh, and yeah, I, I like, I, I'm really excited to see what else, uh, all elite pro wrestling uh, or all elite wrestling has to offer us in the tag team division. Yeah, I, I'm totally excited about it too. It was, just so many great things that reminded you of why you actually enjoy watching wrestling. So yeah, many things that WWE is not doing right now. Um, I loved the just blatant shots taken at Triple H and WWE. Like there were so many just so throughout the entire many. night. They were just they were sprinkled in there. And I think I I think that's a little short guy syndrome. I think that's a bad move on their part. Yeah. Uh, because I think that it's saying we're going to be the next WWE. And I don't think they should be focusing on that. I think that they should not try to be the next WWE, but the first AEW. See, I almost, I almost, I just more took it as I see your point, but I more just took it as them being like, "Hey, go fuck yourselves," <laughs> because it's like you know, like I said, the things that we complain about in WWE constantly that everybody complains about. AEW does not appear to be doing any of that. Right. Now, they've only had one show, so right. we're going to get a chance, and it's going to be way different when they have a weekly show. And yeah, that's exactly. That's when we, really we can pass judgment is, you know, about six months after they've had a regular yeah. show. If they're not building to something big and, and to a huge show, then it's like, what are they doing? Right. One of the things that I think is the smartest is they're giving all of their uh, athletes open contracts, which yep. it lets their athletes uh, wrestle in other places. So what it does is it gives exposure to your talent right. that you don't end up having to eat the cost for that's right right however if they get injured in japan and they can't wrestle for you and you've got them in the big card well then it, it sucks yeah right but you have kind of both sides of the coin there and i personally love the fact that at the end of the chris jericho kenny omega match dean ambrose came out that made me really happy because you know that was the the rumor and you know more or less confirmed i think from ever the, ever since dean ambrose announced that he was leaving yeah, wwe, WWE back in like march or whenever that right. was which it's actually very surprising to me that he was able to be on the show usually wwe has a non-compete clause and i think it's 18 weeks that you're not allowed to be on tv yep. um i guess because dean ambrose asked out of his contract or Something like that. Maybe he was allowed to be there. I don't, I don't know how that works. I, I, I don't yeah. know. You know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I, go I with... know that usually they have a non-compete, and you you can't be on TV yeah. for a rival promotion for for 18 weeks. I'm gonna go along the lines of something being nice. I think because from what I read, the the split from WWE was uh, let's call it more amicable than most wrestlers split with the companies are. You know. Um, you know, this wasn't like a Neville situation. <laughs> so I think that I, I think you're right about that. It was probably just because he he asked out of his contract, probably worked it out with. And and they probably were like, we want you to come back. Like, yeah, come, exactly. come back home. Like, yeah, come back. Come back to us. Right. Like, yeah. Go. We know we don't have anything for you right now. We're right. not developing your character. So almost exactly what uh, AEW is allowing their wrestlers to do. WWE is like, go, go yeah, be a big star. Yeah. You know, and if AEW falls and doesn't become the huge promotion, I wouldn't right. be surprised to eventually see Cody Rhodes and, and everyone yeah, else all come back, all come yeah, back to sure. WWE. I mean, WWE is the NFL, yeah. you know, and now we're getting a chance to see rivals to the NFL. Yeah. Um, and in know. the meantime, we're going to have to see WWE build up some nice young talent like Whoa. Brock Lesnar <laughs> and uh, Goldberg. Which is so you know, ridiculous. Like, like <laughs> they had an opportunity to come out with like developing new talent, to build new storylines, to be a response to this incredible show that AEW did. And WWE didn't do anything 
anything. In fact, did just the opposite. They went back to their dependable characters that they've been pushing and, and building and, and just utilizing for the last fucking 10, 20 years, yeah. right? And it's just, it's boring. You and know? I had some... gotten any new characters. Like, even the new characters that they have built, like Drew McIntyre, like, I'm not sold on Drew McIntyre. No. Like, not at all. Yeah, no, right? well, because because he keeps constantly having the job to goddamn Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know, Roman like, Reigns. fucking... When will Roman Reigns turn bad guy? That's when it's going to be interesting. Never. Again. He's the new Cena. They're never going to turn him bad. It's it's going to be... That's, that's the only time it'll be interesting. Like, you, know, you know how Reigns I know they're guy. never going to turn him bad? Because I just... I saw, I forget what, maybe it was like the MTV Video Music Awards or something like that, some sort of like stupid teenager kid award show thing. Roman Reigns just got nominated for Best Real Life Hero. So there's no way that WWE is ever going to turn him bad. Is it real life? <laughs> is it? Is it real life? Hey, babe. I don't know. So hey. I haven't listened to the Talk Is Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho has a podcast, and on his podcast this week was Dean Ambrose. And apparently, Dean Ambrose has one hell of a shoot interview about uh, doing promos for Roman Reigns while he had he was out with leukemia. And uh, oh so, my god, I gotta listen to that now. Yeah. So tune in, talk as Jericho. There, there you go, Chris oh. Jericho. You're welcome. Yeah, you're yeah, welcome. I think you got uh, a few more listeners. <laughs> 114 to be exact. Oh man. Uh, All right. Well, here we go. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it time for one of the week? Yeah. So I think here it's we time go. for one of the so week. So it's our favorite uh, time for the podcast. Winner, Winner of the week. week. Okay, so uh, we haven't been on air. We have or on air. We haven't gotten a chance. <laughs> Coming to you live this week from the Dankness. Coming at you, those bad boys of radio. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, so we haven't we haven't gotten a chance to report um, on what's been going on. Um, Aladdin last week. I never would have picked it to win, but it did. Yeah, and I just it, it, again, it just shows me it's a valuable lesson. Despite terrible reviews, despite a terrible trailer, despite it looking awful, Disney movies will always succeed with children. Yeah, it's you know it, this movie had the benefit of being or of having a a semi built in audience. You know, like any kind of remake or reboot that happens. Um, but that, as far as I'm concerned, is the only reason why it won the weekend. I guarantee you, in weekend two, it has a huge drop-off from the first weekend. I don't think there's any way it goes two weeks in a row. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the week before, John Wick won yeah, the week. Yeah, rightfully uh, so. I, I went out and saw that this weekend, and it was amazing. Yeah, did everybody catch that? He went to go see another movie again without me. Oh, man. So, uh, I don't know, me and the fiancé are going to need to have some words. Well, you know, that's the problem. I have a fiancé now, so that's a thing. You know what? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody likes you. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, you already have a (laughs) (laughs) post-fiancé. A a pre-wife. The the, the pre-wife. I have have a pre-wife. You have a a wife. Post-fiancé. Yeah, you're post-fiancé. Post-fiancé. Yeah, that's right. God, that's great. Yeah. So, all right. So, for winner of the week, there's you know some indie movies as always that are coming out this week, and uh, but the the three main ones are John Wick, which is still out in the theaters, and if you haven't seen it, I would definitely encourage it. Um, Aladdin, and coming out this weekend is the new Godzilla movie. Godzilla, I guess it's King a, of Monsters. I think King it's of, called King yeah. of Monsters, right? Which is sort of a, a take on Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Right. Which, if you are a Godzilla fan and you're interested at all, uh, you can download the Tubi app, and it's on the Tubi app. You can actually watch it. Um, that's I got a chance to watch the original the other day. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was like a Saturday morning. I was making breakfast. It was hilarious. Like it's just if you're a fan of those old, you know, 1960s kaiju movies, uh, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters is amazing. And for them to be doing sort of a remake of it right now in this way i really love that and yeah it's, it's actually looks really really good um and it has um what's her name uh billy millie, uh, bobby, millie brown. Bo- yeah, excuse yeah. Me, millie bobby brown uh who's playing the yeah. main character it's got a lot of people in it yeah i think you know as, as good as i think this movie looks it's getting a lot of bad yeah, ken watanabe is in yeah, it yeah ken watanabe is yeah. in it it's getting a lot of bad press this movie 
I don't know what impact that has on the box office. I think it does well at the box office this weekend. And I think Aladdin is going to have a big enough drop-off that Godzilla just barely does better than Aladdin at the box office. So you have a different weekend. This is not Memorial Day weekend. No, this is just a regular weekend. It's supposed to be nice this weekend, right. at least here on the East Coast. Um, I think that it's going to take away. You're going to have a lot more people at the beach. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know in you know in at least in, in our area and of the East Coast, you know, I think that it's going to have major major decline. I don't think a lot of people are going to be going to the movies. Do they want to? Maybe on Sunday you'll see the biggest increase. Yeah, uh, I agree. I just don't see it. I don't think that Godzilla has enough press. I don't think it has a big enough following. Um, I think that Aladdin takes it again. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. see how, we'll think, see how it pans Aladdin, out. I think, uh, you know, you've got the children, and for those parents who don't want to go out in the sun or need something else to do with the children, you know, well, then they're going to take them out. And I think <laughs> I think Aladdin's going to get it, you know. But the other one we haven't talked about. Now, here's something that you and I should definitely make plans to go and see uh, is Brightburn. Because yeah. Brightburn came out last weekend, and I've heard nothing but great things about it. Really, I've heard the exact opposite. It's getting trashed. Yeah, well, I know – so from people that I know that have seen it – Right. And certain uh, articles that I've read that I actually care about, they've, they've said that it was yeah, good. Yeah, the fans seem to like it. And definitely – it makes Man of Steel, the movie, better. Yeah. From what I understand, right? And it is – Really cool. It is the Superman storyline. It's a horror take on it. It's awesome. I, you know, how cool would it be if they eventually, if they did a multiverse, well, bring in everything from every multiverse that we can hold on to and yep. bring in even Brightburn, right? Exactly. How cool would that be, right? I think it'd be great. But, um, yeah. No, I think um, uh, I think I'm interested in seeing it. I would love to be able to, uh, to uh, check it out this week and actually do a review on it here on the show. Um, but... If you guys have seen it, let us know what you think. Um, you know, no spoilers, but let us know what you think. Was it a good movie? Did you see it? Did you like it? Did you see John Wick? Are you going to see Aladdin? Are you going to see Godzilla? Um, ugh. I'm a big Godzilla fan and a kaiju fan. I just don't think I'm going to go see this movie. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go see it, uh, probably without you, because fuck you. And uh, as always, go follow us on uh, Instagram. Subscribe to SoundCloud, Spotify. Hey, what is our Check us out there. Ready, set, review. Yeah, it's at under, ready, underscore, set, underscore, review. I'm changing that. I'm removing the goddamn underscores. <laughs> I'm removing the underscores. It's so infuriating. Send us an email. Tell people. Hey, what's our email address? Ready, set, review. No underscores. Oh, at gmail.com. Gmail. There you go. Ready, set, review at gmail.com. Send us an email. Go follow us on Twitter. Like us. Uh, subscribe to us here, either on SoundCloud or on Spotify. And as always, next. What? 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 We totally forgot. What? Do the Kevin Smith bit. Ah. Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith. I record a lot of podcasts. Way too many podcasts, right, boys? But when I'm not recording podcasts, I'm listening to Ready Set Review. The only podcast for me.